Hello, my name is Christelle. And I'm Dee. You're listening to Cook Inside Stories. This is a podcast where we talk about our lives and experiences as Filipinos in Germany. Our guest today is a Berlin-based artist and a nurse, Isa Tabasuarez. Hi, Isa! Hi! Hi, guys! Thanks for having me here. Thanks for taking time to guest on our show. Um, before we start, we'd like to congratulate you on passing the licensure exams for medical professionals in Germany. Yay! 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 Finally! Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Seeing all those review papers which filled up the room during your review and how the test was done in German is really impressive. Impressive? I don't know about that, but I felt <laughs> really crazy. <laughs> well, can, that too. <laughs> can you tell us more details about it? Yeah, sure. I... um you know, studying, I want to make use of all my senses. So vision. And then I also actually record, like if I read something, I first write it down. So that's my first vision. And then I put them on cards. And then I read it. And then I record what I was reading. And then then I play it while I'm in the shower, while I'm cleaning, cool. <laughs> or, or when I'm on my way to work. The the posters on the walls were part of it. Like as, as soon as I wake up in the morning, that's what I see. Wow. Like different uh, different diseases. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I had to start. <laughs> what a great way to start the morning, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it worked. Yes. So. <laughs> mm. That's amazing. That's like very, you're very dedicated to it. <laughs> well, I, I just really needed to survive. When I, I began this uh, journey of um, reviewing, I was, I was really frustrated. I, like I had books that had thousands of pages and I would be very frustrated just reading a paragraph and I wouldn't understand what I was reading. So yeah, I had to find some ways to survive and you did you did <laughs> before we go any further uh let's go back in time and talk about when you moved to germany and how did you choose this country i came to berlin on november 2006 i came here because i got accepted to a master's program some masters of nursing science in uh, charité universitätsmedizin And yeah, I actually, um, I found out about this program because I was dating someone who lives in Berlin. We met in the Philippines. He had uh, his pra practicum. Yep. I'm a, I forgot the internship. word. Internship. Internship. Yes. So uh, he had his internship in the Philippines, stayed there for six months. And um, he had to come back. Uh, to Berlin and we had like a long distance relationship for a while and then he suggested that maybe I'd be interested to come to Berlin and I did and it was what better way to come over than to also find something for me yeah so for love and for school <laughs> I love it for for love and for growth yes <laughs> <laughs> so that was what, yeah. 10 years ago more, more than 14 uh, 14 years okay. nice 
that's 14 years of your life spent here in the city. And somehow you've been through a lot of interesting experiences during that time. Are there particular stories that you'd be willing to share with our listeners? Yeah, I've got a lot of stories. Uh, 14 years is a long time. Yes. I came here with no German. In the Philippines, we kind of have our classic way of going to another country. Um, I mean, it was really, you know, at that time, being a nurse, it was like, it's very fixed. You have to take the licensure exam, and then you take the IELTS, the NCLEX, and then all these things. And somehow, because my boyfriend at that time, um, he told me about this program and I just simply applied for it and they accepted me, which was a surprise. And I ended up here. Wow, I, I didn't know the language. So my first uh, few jobs were really um, very different. Like I, I worked in a call center. I could pass for a native speaker. Good thing. Um, English native speaker? English native speaker, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I got accounts, you know, where I get to <laughs> talk to people from the U.S. And it was good for a while. And then I, it was very stressful. Mm -hmm. I have so, so much respect for those people that are doing call centers, actually. And um, yeah, I it, really, I did granny sitting. I, mm -hmm. you know, while the, gra the grandma was sleeping i would clean the toilet i wow. washed dishes i i was waitressing for a while in different events and then finally found this really cool cafe and i just went there and stayed there and i mean i was juggling a lot of jobs also for me i didn't have any uh scholarship or anything mm -hmm. i was financing myself i mean it is more or less just the uh the miscellaneous that we yeah. we pay here as a student and then my rent mm -hmm. so i and of course my food my expenses mm -hmm. but yeah i i really work for surviving here that's really Enjoying. nice <clears throat> wow yeah. that's such an inspiring story i mean you've been through a lot i don't know about you but for me <laughs> i did have a good life in a way that i left home and never really had a job. I was studying a lot. I first studied business management mm. and then uh, studied nursing. So working then was really, you know, I didn't know the value of money in yeah. a way mm -hmm. because my mom financed me. And yeah, when I came here, it's like, I remember my boyfriend then said, like, are you sure you want to? <laughs> you know, and it's like really like people really work for whatever it is, you know. Yeah. So I kind of, I really learned that. Mm -hmm. I also remember moments when I was washing dishes and it was a huge event. I think it was like 700 people and I was the dishwasher and I would I kept like putting really dirty pots in the in the machine mm -hmm. and it was really I cried at, at some point and like wow and it was like I don't re I don't remember how much I was earning then I think it was seven euros an hour wow wow something yeah and at the same time studying but it was all exciting stuff and also I had my interest already like since I was a child I wanted to sing I wanted to have have an album that was my dream mm -hmm. and that that got realized in 2017 I started music I was 
really on and off because mm. I think also coming from the Philippines is always like education is important. So right. I, I really, you know, I followed the advice of my parents and I did that. But at the same time, they also sent me to, you know, guitar lessons. But I couldn't really keep keep or I couldn't hold on to that. Like I was always like after two months of lessons uh, break and then... Mm. I then learned how to play Nirvana and Metallica, Alanis Morissette, Cranberries. People probably are starting to calculate how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was an on and off thing. And when I did my master's, I still was like finding myself in open stages. And it was Mm -hmm. very, that's the thing I love about Berlin. It's so full of all these platforms where you get to meet really fascinating people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so were you doing all of these things, like waitressing and dishwashing alongside your master's? Yes, yes, I was. I also did have really cool jobs, cool jobs. I was also assistant researcher for something in the university a long time ago. When did you finish your master's and what did you do afterwards? I finished my master's around 2009-2010. I did a little bit more of courses to do an accreditation Mm -hmm. before they could give me my master's degree, some some things that I needed to do. Uh, My paper um, involved nearly 50,000 sample population. It was quite a strong study. It was an interval of five years, and my professor really said, like, you should write an article uh, about this, and it could be a very good contribution. And he said that if I would publish that in another article, I would have my doctor title. (laughs) I was very, at that time, very attracted to Mm -hmm. it. What topic was it? You know, it's for like the older geriatrics yeah. population, and you know, it's it was very relevant uh, at that time. I think it, the sample population of the studies were like around two hundred plus, and I had like thousands. So it was a very very strong um, result, mm-hmm. or like I was playing with statistics and all that, and the the results were relevant. And the thing is that when I I, I did a year and a half of it. And I also traveled because there were other um, universities that were involved in this program. So I was going to Graz. Mm-hmm. I was going to the Netherlands. I was traveling because it's every quarter we go to another country. And then we would meet meet up and compare abstracts and stuff. And there and, and along the way through the years, you know, uh, it didn't work out with that person, the, the, the guy. And I met another one, <laughs> another person, which was really also very, let's just say it's really a growing experience. And it fell into place. Mm-hmm. It felt like it because uh, I started writing songs. I met some people that I, you know, I got to work with mm-hmm. that are brilliant amazing musicians and I got to learn how to do that and really transform my experience because I was going through a breakup at that time and so the PhD kind of went Mm -hmm. I remember I was riding the the train and I saw that 102 year old Berliner (laughs) finished her PhD and I'm like yep 
I have time. And so that was like, for me also, like a, it, like I said, it has been my dream to, to have an album. Mm. I would be staring at Cranberry's albums and, and all that. I was like, ah, is it possible? And it is possible. Mm. And I started it uh, in 2000, like end of 2012. Mm-hmm. But I, I officially told my professor, I want to let go of this and do music mm-hmm. um he was very like whoa mm-hmm. <laughs> where did that come from but i started in 2013 mm-hmm. officially mm-hmm. and as soon as i made the decisions i had a lot of uh, uh opportunities to to i even went to the back to the philippines to sing for peace and the environment it was very fun mm-hmm. i got to bring my bandmates it was really cool are they german bandmates or so one Swedish and one German. Cool. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. There's like, yeah. that's one of the things about living in Berlin. It gives you a lot of like opportunities to find out like pieces of yourself and somehow nurture mm. that and become the person no? somehow you'd want to be. You won't realize it right away, but maybe after a few years that like how you did yeah. Pisa, but one of the things that really sticks to mind with the experiences you've shared with us is also you being a healthcare professional. And that's one of the yeah. things, like, as a frontliner in Germany, how is it like taking on such a great task or a big task during this pandemic? Yeah, and, like, how did you, yeah, go back to being a healthcare, being a nurse, basically, from right. being... From writing songs and doing your music, being an artist in Berlin, how did you find your way back to being a nurse? I don't know, for some reason. I think it's more like it just fell into place. I finished my album 2017. I, I didn't break my back. It was it just felt it I guess it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Like I found easily my producer, I found a label. Um or they found me. I don't know. It was very um, I didn't break my back doing it. It just fell on my lap. I released my album 2017 November. And somehow, you know, I gave my everything. And what happened was as soon as I, like, I just showed up a day at a time, you know, producing this album. And on my record release on stage, I remember I cried. Mm-hmm. And then I, there was just a shift. It's like somehow I reached something that I've wanted all my life since I was a kid. And then there was this, this sort of feeling of like, yeah, I'm ready now. And I just did that. And that's, that explains, you know, how I tried to figure out how to get into the healthcare here in Germany. And COVID, when did it start? It was 2020, you know, and it was also we, our family lost some uh, member and it was very like, I had to travel to England to be with my sister and yeah, her husband passed. Mm -hmm. And so I was really, it was, it was that time where it was very busy and airports were very airports were very empty mm-hmm. and it was very scary i was able to travel and be with my sister but like preparing i was there for the preparation where we were transferring the non covid 
COVID、mm-hmm. patients to another station. It was really a lot of work. And Germany is so organized, but this pandemic is very like no nobody has a clue.、Mm-hmm. I really admire how like yes they're organized, and even if like nobody has a clue, they really try their best. We were prepared at that time, right, to do it.、Mm-hmm. Like oh let's. You know, they they the hospital where I work. It was,、um, I think they were holding a thousand patients, and、oh, wow. we only had four hundred fifty patients、uh, because of the distance. We can't put two patients in one room and stuff. But、mm-hmm. also, like they appointed some stations only for COVID patients. Okay. Yeah. yeah very interesting. Are you assigned in a COVID ward?、Um, because you mentioned that you are in a psychiatric ward. You're working with children, and yeah, are you dealing with any COVID patients, or are you not working in that kind of situation? In any station, the COVID could be there or not there.、Uh, I think that's why to prevent it, it's always a standard thing to to wear FFP three masks and all that. I mean, I haven't been assigned to a COVID station. Like I understand that they pick nurses from each station. If they need them, the closest I I had is when I worked at the emergency room, because there, you know, it's the first time the patient would come in asking for help, and it's very, like, it's not just cough and cold and and fever.、Um, it could also be、um, stomach problems, and they turn out to be positive. And you know, in the emergency room, we have like a triage. We decide if it's a surgical or an internal、uh, case or a COVID case.、Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like we never really know.、Um, sometimes they land in the non-COVID area, and it's like, oh my goodness, she has the history, and it can be very busy. And or the surgical, or it's people that got into an accident.、Um, Turned out、mm-hmm. to be positive.、Uh, that's the closest I could、um, come、okay. close to COVID. Being a frontliner, Isa, and also losing a loved one in the process, how are you coping with all of these? I really just take it a day at a time, and showing up for my sister, showing up to doing service. I mean, I can do, you know, be available for my sisters. I have another sister and my family back home in the Philippines, and showing up for work. And you know, it's really a day at a time. I I can't do it. You know, having to figure out what tomorrow brings, and it's really already in a day. A lot of things happen. True. And yeah, it's uh, it's all just the now. So I kind of try to focus on being in the now、mm-hmm. and、um, being available for for not only my family and friends, but also being available to people and to make use of my time,、uh, being of service and helping others.、Yeah. I think it's I don't know it's it's really for me so something that is very fulfilling、mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but it's the same thing. Even if I'm doing music, or you know, I also paint, and it's it's really, I I I, I don't know. It is a form of service,、mm-hmm. and I love just you know if I am on stage singing or 
I mean, the hospital doing some care for someone who's mm-hmm. sick and suffering, you know, it's it's something that if I am in the moment, I get to, like I said, be of service. It's my favorite word right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. I think it, yeah, it works for all of us, like to be of service to our loved ones, our friends and family, and just being there, even if like we can't be there physically and True. just be a person they can rely on. I think that's very important for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Another thing I think that's important in this situation, like in the pandemic, is to have something to look forward to. And I guess um, Christelle told me that you are releasing a second album. Um, and I feel like that's <laughs> something, yeah, we can celebrate and that we can be excited in this situation how's that going oh uh, yeah um i so actually the second album is still in the process of like i'm i have a couple of songs and i still need to also you know i just finished my exam so i had to put it on a side for a while and focus on mm-hmm. that on the studying but now like i i try to the best of my ability to really show up to some creativity mm-hmm. at the moment it's very I'm adjusting to my new job and I'm also really uh, excited about that um, developing concepts where I can integrate being the psychiatric nurse and integrating you know like my passion in music and arts and and doing that with the children so yeah I just remember now a situation yesterday where where I was drawing a face and a child was like, wow. And and I said, like, do you want to continue? And we were just drawing something. And it was very interesting for me as well. Like, I love how kids are just so amazing. So we, we ended up with a... With a strange looking creature like <laughs> and then they they figured okay then I, I asked them what, what is this what creature is this and it's like yeah it's half human being half uh, one-fourth vampire and one-fourth teddy bear because it looked like it was so cute I could cry just describing this to me because the kids were just really like in that moment like they were talking, yeah, it's like, it's a princess. She Like, oh, she needs a crown, so it's a princess. But, you know, and it was just like they were making a story out of this picture. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it started with me just drawing a face on, on a piece of paper. And, and then they were so creative. And it just so, it's it was so, I don't know, beautiful. Yeah. 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 So now that you are assigned in the psychiatric ward, how many kids do you have like under your wing and you've been sharing a lot of other talent that you have with them right you as an artist you've been like really helpful in trying to develop say their self-esteem and all what could you say are the highlights then of being in this being in this profession yeah, psychiatric nursing is something very interesting for me. All of us have our own life story and, you know, everyone 
goes through some some stuff too and it's great to be a part of something a part of a child's development and getting better you know with with the therapy it's, it's really just about making use of the resources i have mm-hmm. and usually art and music or even just being like having a conversation with a child that's troubled or you know to be able to be there for the children and it's it's I find it very being in that situation is a powerful thing for me Mm -hmm. and yeah with all the years that you've spent in Germany Isa of course it's not just challenges there are a lot of highlights as well are there like specific instances or memories which you can share with us and our listeners? Highlights of my life here in Germany, of course, when I finished my master's and also having to meet a decision, you know, like having to give my artist a chance was a highlight for me. To be able to release an album was a highlight for me. Um having to survive this exam that was really difficult. This program that I joined really focused on producing quality nurses rather than quantity. You know, you know how Germany needs uh, a lot of nurses. Mm-hmm. They're on shortage and they really want quality nurses. And it was just for me like, yeah, I landed there and I'm glad to be a part of the quality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a highlight for me. And I think also, I think it becomes a highlight when, at least for me, you know, I... I put my everything, mm-hmm. like I put my best and my energy and my time to whatever it is I'm doing. Even if, I don't know, I had to let go of that preconceived idea. Oh, she's working in a cafe, just mm-hmm. working in a cafe, like just being able to be here and to see that, you know, there's, there is no better than mm-hmm. or less than we're all human beings and we all, you know, we eat, we poo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned, you know, lessons that are really important that it's, in the end, we're human beings and we're capable of love. We're also capable of hate, but like that's where it starts. You know, mm. if I don't know where I got that, but like it's really just this preconceived idea. Oh, just working in the cafe. Mm-hmm. I had to let go of that in from I had to take that out of my vocabulary. And once I realized that I give it my all, you know, mm. I it's like like I said, when I got into this conclusion, okay. Every uh, thing that I do is a form of service. Mm-hmm. Like even just making the best cappuccino mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. you know, is a, for, a form of service. I mean, that person wants to have a cup of cappuccino. And why would I produce crappy cappuccino with no smile? Although I'm a human being and sometimes I do have my moods. <laughs> but I try as well to just bring me back to the moment. Yeah. You know, and it's I, a lot of highlights. I mean, the highlights for me would then be realizing many things and also just tripping my way of what I thought the world is. Then mm-hmm. I've learned as well, like, being worker among workers mm-hmm. is really less and less of the ego and more and more into the practicing humility mm-hmm. for example yeah. or just be like wow it, happiness follows true um i don't have to be better than anyone i don't know where i got that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a yeah. thing that i had to really get rid of um yeah yeah i love that and yeah. i'd like to highlight that you said there's no lesser or better I, I really like that because yeah. um, I like that you're finding pride and dignity in no matter 
jobs you take because at the end of the day you know it's it feeds you and yeah I really love that you learned that through everything that you've been through I just wanted to add like how you also use the word service how it became like something that's an essential part of you like you said that understanding how service is being given even if you worked at the cafe or at the hospital or Mm -hmm. as an artist how you put that all together is just amazing tying that all together also with all the jobs that you've been in and also as a student before do you think there is another say or is there even like a uniquely Filipino trait maybe that you brought into the professions you've had vigilance Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I love that (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it, uh, yeah, that's the word. Vigilance. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> okay, Isa. So before we end the episode, we're almost to the end, but we just wanted to do some Spitfire questions where we ask you some questions about Berlin and your life here mm-hmm. and about you. Go. <laughs> so you work at a cafe. What's your favorite pastry? Cinnamon roll. Cinnamon roll. How about the favorite season in Berlin? Summer. Summer. <laughs> I'm from the Philippines. Summer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what is the most interesting place you've been to in Berlin? I would have to say Edelweiss. It's not existing anymore, even before COVID. What is it? A bar? It's an, a jazz open session where 150, 200 people come and that's when I I fell in love with jazz <laughs> and I kept going back there. Nice. If you are taking someone on a Berlin tour, where would you bring them? I would avoid the very touristy areas. I would go for really the cool Berlin cafes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we actually say goodbye, um, yeah. we just want to ask, like, do you have any advice to those wishing to start a life in Germany? Or abroad in general? I should say, like, think outside the box. My story is really, it wasn't the classic way, but there's always a way. Uh, I was able to come here without any agency. I came here really, like, finding out how I could get there and, like, what are the visa requirements. Face the fear. The fear will try to paralyze you. It's like, oh, it's never going to happen. And it's all just in... At least my experience was that it was all in my head or, again, that part where I take something from from the air and it becomes a preconceived idea. But it is really possible if, if you just try to find like a way. I think my advice would be learn the language. There's no better way of learning the culture than, than through the language. And I think when the language is conquered... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it could be it, it could be very I don't know it's it's better and also with the language thing like it wasn't that I had a difficult time learning the language I think it was more how my personality was and my identity in the language like I'm very funny I, I you know all that stuff but like to articulate it and be funny in German was a very big challenge mm-hmm. for me <laughs> thank you for the nice interview and the nice words i think we've both yeah, learned thank a lot. you oh. guys 
Thank you so much for having me. But before we end the podcast, can you tell our listeners where they can probably listen to your music? Yeah, well, I have the Instagram and the Facebook under my name, mm-hmm. Isa Tabasuarez, and also a website. I, I do have a website, and I've got my music on Apple, Spotify. I'm working on my SoundCloud. For some reason, I had that on the shelf for a while, mm-hmm. but now that I have time, you can hopefully. Do it. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Great episode today. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this episode and see you on the next one. Cheers! Bye! Auf Wiedersehen! Kita kita rata! Bis zum nächsten Mal! Paalam!